When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode. Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps-coated universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Today, our outline broke some news to me. Maybe we're breaking it to you. Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy, TMZ says they're broken up. Amanda, Mm -hmm. do you believe it? TMZ is typically reliable. This is a one blind source situation, a friend close to the couple. But TMZ doesn't tend to run with things unless they know what's up. And also, every single sensible bone in anyone's body would tell Taylor Swift to end this right now. So I think I'm just like, sure, thank God. Our national nightmare is over. We don't have to talk about this anymore. I agree with you that TMZ is almost always correct. But with this kind of one source... It's true. You're right. ...story, I have some questions. And my my main question is, who from Taylor's camp decided to make TMZ the mouthpiece on this, whether it's true or not? Because it, it's very, it's very Bieber, it's very Kardashian, sort of where they like just go to TMZ in some kind of mm-hmm. trade. Mm-hmm. And this has been a just to call it a bad look for Taylor Swift would be an understatement. It's like it's actually troubling. I mean, particularly since he has a lot of problematic views, and she declared her concert a safe space for the LGBTQ plus community yesterday. And I'm not saying he's a, he's anti LGBTQ plus, but I'll just say he doesn't demonstrate always safe behavior, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I I just can't. He seems like an annoying edge, like bad edge lord, and I don't want to have him in my life anymore in any capacity, including in the capacity of knowing who Taylor Swift is currently having consensual relations with. Which see, this is the other thing is like, what does breakup mean? They've stopped meeting up to have sex for the past. He's month. not on tour with her now. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Good. That seems best for everyone. And as you said, for the safe space and the world at large. But to your point about who leaked it to TMZ, I mean, Taylor Swift's publicist is very famously a woman named Tree Payne, who was featured in Miss Americana, the doc. And if if this is coming, it's probably not Tree Payne. Tree Payne has someone else email, I would guess. But I would assume that they are also reading the press that we are all we're all reading and decided to let it be known that the the sex is no more which i you know what i actually don't even know that they were having sex so sure and don't. i don't mean to cast aspersions or what have you i just was reading the situation as it was presented to me and i think that's great if they were well, no, I don't actually. I don't know. I, why do I have to? You I, that, this you is where have, I am. This is where you I am. You don't have an opinion on if they're having sex or not. I, and how yeah, you feel about I'm just it. like, do you, why am I in the place of having to be like, how do I feel about well them having sex? Moving away from their relationship because he is like unequivocally bad. You know, like we can put him in. He goes to the bad place. And just one tangent on that. Did you see the right before this news came out? The latest news about Maddie Healy was that he kissed a security guard at her show. And I didn't see that. Okay. I saw the video of it. And I was just like, this security guard is at work. He's doing his job right now. Does he want to be kissed by Maddie Healy? I was just like, this is fucking weird. Like, I just was like, this is a really strange person for her to be dating. But I bring that up because there's so much evidence of him being like a capital B bad person. And there's been so much internet chatter about it. She's famously very online. And I think on, I think that in general, you and I have like given her the benefit of the doubt in terms of like how genuine she is, what she's doing, like giving her space to be Taylor. But I have to say these last three weeks or whatever it's been a month have made it harder for me to be like, no, she's not shrewd and calculating. She's savvy and successful. Like, you know, I think there's like some different ways to, to, to like corner her. And I definitely feel less, I feel less inclined to give her the benefit of the doubt at this current moment because I think that some of the like responses, like having Ice Spice come out for all three shows at MetLife after he made racist comments about Ice Spice, is just like such clear pandering. And yes. Ice Spice deserves it and deserves the platform and good for her. But it definitely, I would say this entire episode has made me much less likely to like buy into the Taylor Swift persona that we're often presented with. And I think you're isolating like a prevalent dynamic that seems to be brewing, which is that yet another Taylor Swift backlash is on its way because people are using or people are looking at the past three weeks and being like, I, like, I don't know about this person. Here's what I will say. I had listened to maybe half of one 1975 song, thought it was mm. ludicrously bad and as a result, did not know anything else about Maddie Healy except for one video that someone sent me about him talking about Oasis when they got together. So, you know, these things, like, were out there and known, I guess, but, like, I... They were not to my level as someone who 
doesn't give a fuck about the 1975 until Taylor Swift started dating him. Which is, I'm not like trying to defend anyone. I just like, I, I sort of feel like I understand how this press, how this cycle went because it was so short of just like, okay, well, someone decided to have sex with someone, then became aware, like thought through the ramifications of it and then, and then ended it. And like, it, it, it has been three weeks, you know? But that's, so, but that's assuming she didn't know anything about him before, which I think is unlikely. That's true. I, I mean, and he just seems like a truly, like, desperate, pro- provocateur, like, yeah. dummy. Because, so like, she's... being attracted to that in the first place is questionable. Though, you know, we're all young and have made mistakes. I'm not, I'm not trying sure, to justify but, like, any of this. No, I know. But I think even just boiling it down to, like, while well, they were having sex for a month or whatever, like, I just don't believe that she didn't know anything about him and, like, hadn't met him before. Like, I think that the 1975 moves in some of the music spaces that Taylor, like, dabbles with. Like, she's so much bigger. Right. But, like, in the, in the same way. But, like, it's kind of, like, the same yeah. indie scene as, like, Phoebe Bridgers or whatever. And you're right to point out that she's so historically strategic and very online and very aware of how everything she does will be perceived and how she wants it to be perceived that it seems unlikely that she didn't even... Th- that she didn't think about the possibility of how will this person's actions and comments like reflect on me. So, yeah. uh, you know, she she's thought about that every single other time. You know, the question right. of like whether, I don't even need to bring that up because this is just like t- Taylor Swift <laughs> fandom is a, is a very unique ecosystem and we all have been trained to have, a, to, to be involved of everything yeah. that, uh, that Taylor Swift is doing by Taylor Swift herself. So and, and she this was and also like she performed with them like in early January when she was living like before the Eras tour like she mm-hmm. came out at a few 1975 tours so like or at concerts so you're so, alleging like, that this has been no I'm just saying she wasn't like unfamiliar with Maddie Healy and right. and like who he is as a person and so I, I'm not so I'm just saying I don't think that like she went into it as like oh I have a crush on this guy and now I've gotten bad press so it's over like I think she probably had more knowledge of, of like who she was associating with and then ended it because, or allegedly ended it because of the bad press. Right. She also could have, I don't, I don't know why I'm playing the, the I don't really know either. <laughs> I mean, it just like, it, it, I just, I find this all like gross and exasperating and like, I wish I didn't know about How this come? person. Well, I I just, like, why do I have to know about Maddie Healy? Like, I know why. And I just laid it out because I'm invested. Like, Taylor Swift has trained us all to be fans of her and to exist this way online. And so then this guy is held to account for his, like, truly gross behavior. You know, like, I like I get all of that. and But I'm also like, ugh. Th- like, this is just this lame guy who does things to get attention. And now he's, like, getting more attention for well, his sort of, like, annoying behavior. And I'm just, like... So I feel like just exasperated by the whole thing. But that's why I was, that's why yeah. I, I tried to pivot it into being like, well, let's talk about what this means for Taylor Swift because I do think it's incredibly cynical to be like, this is a safe space for everyone. Like, like everyone's yeah. welcome at my shows. And also she's massively famous. She impacts so many people's careers by choosing who she performs with, who she brings out on stage, what she wears. Like she's, sure. you know, one of the biggest celebrities of all time. So I agree with you. Like we don't really need to focus on him, but like focusing on her, her choices. And when she is famously on the one hand shrewd or on the other hand savvy, like figure, you know, however you want to cut it. Like I think that that was sort of what I was trying to get at. Cause I agree with you. Like he does, he's not worth the time, but 
basically my question is like, do we give Taylor Swift the benefit of the doubt anymore? It's true. And you're right that like the commercialization of, you know, that idea of support and solidarity, which is what she's doing when she's announcing it at these sold out era tours that where tickets go yeah. for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And she's done this before, right? Like she was, I think it was with the, with lover with like the first track off of that. Like when she gets into a controversy, she seems to like lean on being an LGBTQ plus ally. And it's just like a strange playbook. (laughs) And it it does seem to be like a playbook. And, you know, should we, uh, of course, allies are important, but I think it's just like questioning her allyship when she's like in in a shit storm. I think, you're right, and I agree with you. And some of like the exasperation that I feel is also the exasperation with like another round of Taylor Swift being like good at the media, but not good enough, and like yeah. being annoying. And now we gotta like do all this again, you know. And I'm just like, oh god, like this is a pretty like savvy, but also calculating and not always genuine person who has made music. I sometimes enjoy though not recently and has achieved like stratospheric success and that success like is is fascinating and interesting i i do feel still that she's one of the few celebrities who engenders like a real emotional response from all of her fans and mm-hmm. and so i and think her haters people, and and her haters but i think i think people were like a lot of people were rightfully like really upset and hurt by this yeah. because because yeah. like Maddie Healy is like a a hurtful like asshole and 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 because of the what they project onto Taylor Swift and what her music and like kind of world means to them to have this person invading it like kind of took took away some of that meaning for them so i acknowledge that. I don't respond the same way to Taylor Swift. I tend to look at it more analytically at this point. I'm like, oh, this is like a fascinating case study. And so I think what I'm voicing right now is just my personal like, oh God, here we go. You know, another case study because I have that distance, but it's not, it's not fair to all the people to whom like, you know, you're right that she is taking advantage of that, that like, this is a safe space is like, dis, you know, not always so disingenuous genuine from her, but I, a lot of people really like look forward to and go to those shows and have yeah. a relationship. Like that's like almost distinct from her at this point, but that she uh, provides to a lot of people. So I don't know. I, everyone should stop being less shitty. That's my prescription. <laughs> that, that's where I am with it. I just think it's also interesting how my social media feed feels so dominated by like the Taylor Swift tour that this Uh feels like so present. And I think that partially speaks to like being a white woman, having people in my feed who can afford to go like having, you know, there's like, there's also, there's like a lot of different things wrapped up into like the experience of Taylor Swift, which I think is also what you're getting at, that it's like not just about, Who's she dating? Who's she fucking? Who, like, what the music, when speak now coming out. But, like, she is, like, a cultural experience that is bigger than, like, her as an individual. But she's also, like, this propulsive force of an individual. And so there's just, like, so much wrapped up into it. Yes, absolutely. And and it gets complicated when those two things intersect. And... Yeah. And are not aligned, necessarily. And are, and are not aligned. And even someone who has, like, historically been so rigorous about it 
still doesn't quite have it locked down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think also like I was sad there was no succession, not because I felt like there needed to be more succession, but it's very hard, very hard to identify monoculture, create it. And she's definitely a big, I mean, she's, she's definitely one of a kind. It's interesting. It's interesting how she's like doing her U.S. thing while Beyonce's in Europe doing her yeah, thing. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I also have a lot of Beyonce is a lot on my social media feed. Not not necessarily necessarily from people I know who are there because I don't have as many European friends as I would like at this juncture of my life. You know, it's a next decade goal <laughs> Something for me. to strive for. Sure. But, you know, just that, you know, Beyonce is still a force and still makes news. And, you know, Blue Ivy was like, you know, doing summer vacation on the tour, which I I just thought was very charming. She is a very grown up looking 11 year old. I was like, is this an adult? Yeah, I she is poised. She's a great performer. She nailed the dance moves. And I was just like, 11? I feel like she's like got to be 15 at a minimum. And it was Imagine cool. being Beyonce's daughter. The pressure is immense. I and she fucking nailed it. I think it would be it. so rewarding and also so intimidating, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, look at Michael Jordan's sons. They, exactly. They, they couldn't do what Blue Ivy did in their own way. And so, and I'm like aware of like all the celebrities who are at the London shows, you know, so that the the Beyonce, the Renaissance tour is also, Beyonce remains her own force field. Yeah. She's got things, yeah. It's, and it's interesting. It. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of this Opp- Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible, and the, the, the fight for the IMAX screens. Who gets okay. the stadium when? Right. Oh, that's right. Good luck booking that stage that you speak of. That's a different one, but still the the best. There was a Twitter thread recently, and I know Twitter is pretty much dead and is certainly vile, but there was a Twitter thread about like what Twitter, what tweets like do you use in real life have become like real life references and phrases for you and other people are like, what are you talking about? And good luck booking that stage you speak of is definitely one for me, which was a I, famous I, Rihanna to Ciara kiss off. Really? Oh, oh yeah. they were like in a Twitter feud. And then, oh, that, oh, okay. They were in like a Twitter feud and Ciara, and, and it, like at some point, I don't even remember like the Ciara thread about like, well, you know, I'll like, when I take the stage from you or I'll see you on stage or something. And Rihanna just wrote back, good luck booking that stage you speak of with like four dot, dot, dots, all timer. That's great. Yeah. This is like when you had to explain the ma'am, it's a Wendy's to me. I was Because my answer to that one is, is, sir, this is a Wendy's. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a, do you want me to do it again? Or do you remember? No, I Because I use it all the time. I don't absorb memes. I don't think like I, it's sort of like, I don't absorb commercials either. Like I was, when they come on on TV, especially when I'm watching sports, I just tune it out. It's like, it's like I go into some kind of mental, like airtight, like compartment where nothing can penetrate. I clearly and, only have absorbed the ones that like respond to my emotional state because like good luck booking that stage you speak of is like, you know, just like rudeness and dismissal, A plus, but you know, and it's most beautiful art form. Then there's, sir, this is a Wendy's is just the distillation of like, what are you saying and why are you saying it to me? Like, please don't. <laughs> and then the other one that I do a lot uh, is Kanye which was it when he was like still tweeting and and it was like a better tweet better time for him and he was like I hate it when they give you a water bottle on a plane cuz then you wake up and you're like now I got this water bottle I got to be responsible for and now I got this water bottle I got to be responsible for is like is a really core concept for me so when they're good they're good 
getting a water bottle on a plane that's a luxury you gotta hold on to that it's true they charge in europe that's one thing i learned recently (laughs) the internet giveth and the internet taketh away is kind of where i am with that you know as we are not currently in the same room i guess i would have to say it giveth this moment but it's a lot of taking sure that's true that's true I would say my greatest internet experience these days, since I'm no longer reading books from after the year 2010, with a few exceptions, most of the books that I'm interested in are widely available um, through one of the three libraries to which I have a card and therefore the Libby app. And so I was recently... You don't have to tell me. So I recently was out to dinner and I didn't have my book on me and I was like, fuck, I really like to read right now. I just whipped out my phone, got the book through the Los Angeles Public Library and just picked up where I left off as I was having dinner by myself. And it was such a fucking great experience. I was just like, this is amazing. Thank you, cellular technology. Thank you, libraries. Really thank you, libraries. And I was so, so happy. And it's just a great, great luxury. When I was in the hospital giving birth to my son, there's some downtime and it's not particularly comfortable downtime. And I didn't know how to entertain myself. So I just got out the Libby app and downloaded an <laughs> Ellen Hildebrand audiobook, which are nice. also available on yes. Libby for free. And just like in that moment of like pretty much genuine crisis, Libby, the library app was there for me. And and so was Ellen Hildebrand. It's so thank kind you. of one of the most miraculous things it's in the world. Unbelievable. So, are, so are libraries. Yeah, Support I was about to say, people. sub-lesson of this, libraries, really good. Thank you to libraries. <laughs> Support your public libraries and librarians. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, let's move on. In between Amanda and I's travels to Europe and then Memorial Day weekend, we didn't really get to properly honor the beginning of 2023 yacht season. And with 2023 yacht season 
is one of the most important and garish pieces of, I can't quite call it art. Okay. Adornment that we've probably ever seen. And this is, of course, talking about Jeff Bezos's yacht, on which he has a statue, a bust of his fiance, the one and the only Lauren Sanchez. This yacht was photographed quite a bit as it was docked or, you know, parked outside of Cannes for the Cannes Film Festival. And boy, is it special. Is there any situation in which you would find a sculptural rendering of yourself to be something you want? You know, a one-sided art. Sculptural or just any kind of rendering? Sculptural. No. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's just an immediate no. Were you about to say like painting maybe, you know? Well, I once had an art teacher that did like an unauthorized, like very large scale drawing of me, which then my parents had to buy and okay. <laughs> remains my parents' apartment. And he has, like, a lot of questions about that. <laughs> and <laughs> unauthorized or? Well, like she just like did a drawing of me and that was like in her gallery show. And it's oh. like, did you ask? No. Okay. Well, wow. I mean, I feel like a version of that case is like currently in front of the Supreme Court. But anyway, I know it's like you just like stole my likeness for your gallery show. And then fucking my right. parents had to buy it anyway. Well, I mean, they didn't have to, but well, it's, they didn't want it to be anybody they else's. Didn't want Jeff Bezos. It's like this is like if Jeff if Jeff, Be- if Jeff Bezos ever sells this yacht, he's got to take the bust of Lauren Sanchez down. You have to down. assume it's a removable bust. I mean, just like investment-wise, this yacht is $500 million until you put the tacky bust of your girlfriend on the cover of it. That's It's like, you know how the car loses like money when it drives off the lot? Like mm-hmm. that just loses $100 million right off the gate, you know, unless you make it removable. No offense. So this yacht's gotten a lot of attention just in general. It's sure. called Koru. Yes. And... It it's not even like nice looking. Like I would say it looks militaristic. Mm-hmm. And it has this mermaid sculpture of Lauren Sanchez on it. And it's also like positioned on the yacht in a way that really only people off of the boat can see it. Like it's sort of it's like at the front. It's like when it's coming into dock, you're sort of like greeted by this mermaid Lauren Sanchez. And I I, I, it's just, it takes my breath away. It's stunning. <laughs> this Lauren Sanchez is, the adornment is adorned with like gold jewelry and very accentuated breasts. It's like, it's a child's idea of like their mermaid, of their, of their fiance as a mermaid. And it's quite striking. Real genuine question. Okay. Do you think that this was a Jeff Bezos idea and concept? Or do you think that this was something that Lauren Sanchez had always wanted in one form or another? It's a great question. I think it's a combo. I think she probably mentioned something like this and he was like, Jade just like shook her head. She's Jade, our producer, is looking at the photo. Horrified. And just like, (laughs) I just like saw like the wave of just, you know, sadness and dismay like wash over Jade in real time. It was really satisfying. I feel like Lauren Sanchez has always wanted a bust of herself or a statue of some kind. Do you Probably think the marble. mermaid thing comes from her? No. I you think don't. that's part of Jeff Bezos's like just mariner 
persona. He's like, I'm going to always have my gal with me. She's going to be on my yacht. He put a fucking lot to this yacht. The New York times did a whole article about it. So I just feel like there's a lot of planning and I feel like he's here to make her dreams come true. Similar to how he's, you know, acting as a producer probably for her film career. What if he said to her, I need to, I'm not going to name the yacht after you. Is that bad luck to name it after a person? I think it might be. Or maybe I'm just making up maritime traditions. Anyway, he's like, I'm not going to name the yacht after you, but I want like you to, you know, I want like a sculpture. I want some representation of you on the yacht. And she was like, what about me as a mermaid? I don't know either of them well enough to, to okay. dispute or confirm that, you know, or support it. One thing that I've learned in the wake of seeing the live action f- Little Mermaid film, which I saw for the big picture and didn't enjoy, nor did our producer Jade. Jade, is that char- fair to characterize? Got a thumbs up. A lot of adult women like really still have a connection to mermaids, which is yeah, not, just... a, not a great lesson to take from the film, The Little Mermaid <laughs> or the Hans Christian Andersen original story. But I don't know. Women seem to have only watched like one third of that film. Yeah. Do they aspire to be a mute uh, right. woman who can't communicate? Exactly. That's, to use her that's looks. That's sort of the issue. By the way, they update all sorts of things, all for the good. I think that's the one good project in this live action film and in the live action films in general. They update. It's they recast with the Black Little Mermaid, and you know, like a there's more dynamic cultural understanding or something. I don't know. Any, even though it's not exactly historically accurate, but they don't update the part where she just can't talk for like half the movie. <laughs> And then the guy like falls in love with her, even though she doesn't speak. And I'm just like, what What do we think we were doing here? I have a question. What yeah. happens in the original Hans Christian Andersen fable? Can she I not speak? read this Wikipedia page at like 10 the other night and sort of forgot. But here, there is a voice <laughs> element. Because the other thing is like, in that, in that original telling, like, a mermaid is sort of like a siren and has like yeah. a siren song. And so the taking away of the voice is about taking away this like siren's like ability to seduce someone. So there are a lot more right. like puritanical undercurrents to the Hans Christian Anderson one. But like it gets watered down into her not being able to talk, which is different than right. not having a siren song. Right. It's like no longer remotely related to Homer's the Iliad exactly. or the Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Anyway. We've really veered off course here. Some some boat That was good. I liked it. You. I liked it. I don't know. This this sculpture of Lauren Sanchez, it's just truly unbelievable. Here's, here's where I'm at with Jeff and Lauren. Okay. I hope this goes great. I hope they never break up. I hope they die <laughs> in wedded bliss. I hope that the prenup that all of the tabloids have been speculating about for the last week plus just is completely irrelevant. Like between the text messages and the trips and now this, this $550 million yacht, I just like really need this to work out. I can't have it all be for naught. I can't have one of the foremost business minds of our generation be wrong about love. Isn't it perfect, though, that this is what one of the foremost business minds of our generation is, like, doing with his life? It says everything that you need to know about About business minds. Business (laughs) minds, in my opinion. (laughs) That said, it seems like they really found each other. 
So I really, I honestly, I'm not being facetious. I hope it's real. Also, the other thing is I cannot understand the level of wealth to have $550 million liquid to be able to invest in a yacht, which like is one of the worst things one can invest in. It depreciates very quickly. The maintenance is very expensive. It can only be used at certain times. Getting around the world is very expensive. Like it's such a bad use of funds that to have that much cash to be so wealthy in a liquid and have so much liquidity is so beyond what my mind can comprehend. It's it blows me away. I think away. it's behind I actually don't know. I mean, numbers exist to communicate it, but like, do resources exist in the real world to communicate? Like, it's at some point, it's like made up how wealthy he is because he's taken such Definitely. a... Definitely. The stock yeah. market's made up, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. But like... <laughs> We're really lit right now. Well, that's my kind feet of are point. up on the... I don't know if you can see that. I'm just... I'm I just, can. I'm comfortable and... <laughs> but that's, um, that's sort of like... The, the cash flow that Jeff Bezos has is yeah. remarkable. No, it's true. It's that for is his true. life. For his life. It's unbelievable. And yeah, I just like, I'd like an official comment from both of them, both on Vanderpump Rules right now. They're doing this three-part finale. And Andy Cohen, the day before the finale, did a few one-on-one sit-downs with the three key players of Scandival. Tom Sandoval, Tom, Raquel, Ariana, and, and Raquel. Yes. I would like some sort of investigation into how the Lauren mermaid came to be with individual interviews with them separately. And then with them together, like that's sort of, that's sort of my dream right now. Like if I could, if I could bring Barbara Walters back from the dead, that's how I would deploy her. And you would pick Barbara. I think so. I think her voice would be really good for this. And she would ask some really hard hitting questions. You know how she always did like the sent the one declarative sentence of like, it was like, you spend more money than anyone could ever, like a small country could have in a lifetime on this yacht. Tell me why. You know, like, that'd be good. Exactly. Uh, Lauren Sanchez, I tell you that Jeff Bezos was only going to spend $530 million on his yacht and then he decided to get this mermaid of you and you say what? That's really, that's really good. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. My second choice for interviewer would be the currently trending Drew Barrymore because I feel like okay. it just would be really wacky and it would be about her. Sure. It would be about her. I, definitely 20 minutes on Drew Barrymore's relationship to mermaids. Yeah. The ocean. Which I'd be interested in. Seaweed. Yeah. Um, and, and they'd be so bored and like just like confused <laughs> that they'd just be like, all right, we'll answer whatever you want. So she's my second choice. <laughs> Okay. Shall we move on? Yes. Just a few more yacht notes. First of all, most hated man with the yacht, David Zaslav, who brought his yacht to Cannes. What an an L. He's the head of uh, Warner Brothers and things are going very poorly there as the writer's strike drags on and the Trump town hall fallout continues. And he is despised by many and reinforced that by having his yacht very visible at Cannes. And there's not even Lauren Sanchez on and it. And also threw a party, like co-hosted a party with Graydon Carter, formerly mm. of Vanity Fair, now of Airmail. And Airmail sponsored a party that was like ostensibly to honor 100 years of Warner Brothers, which was, <laughs> was basically like, here's David Zaslav and a lot of champagne bottles. And that just like I had a lot of press cover it, which just an unforced error, except I guess he wanted to be photographed with his yacht and the champagne. Yeah, I just 
some really bad choices, but I guess he doesn't care. No, it would seem not. Another man who doesn't care, Leonardo DiCaprio, also enjoying yacht season, <laughs> as he does every year. I mean, you can set your watch to Leonardo DiCaprio showing up on a yacht. And honestly, that to me is is well, uh, reassuring. In in Leo's defense, his new film, Killers of the Flower, Killers of the Flower Moon, directed by Martin Scorsese, debuted at Cannes. Yes. And so, and he was there on the red carpet with Marty, with Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone. I'm pretty serious. I enjoy that this is okay. his summer tradition. We all, many people have summer traditions. His is being on a yacht and getting and, and getting a studio to pay for it. In this case, Apple, who financed the movie. So you got to assume he. I assume Leo always has deluxe accommodations, but perhaps it was less of a struggle, you know, this time around with Apple paying the bill. And then he was just flitting around. He was at someone's wedding recently. I was looking at their mm. photos. Just he was at a Mediterranean wedding. He's just he's enjoying the delights of the season. And I'm really happy for him. Do you think he's fun to hang out with? Um, I don't think he has a big personality. You know, <laughs> I think that Leo is constitutionally and possibly deservedly like a really chill guy, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't do well with chill people always is evidenced by, I don't know, like everything I've ever said on this podcast. I I go big and I and and I like it when people go big in return. So I might find that uncomfortable, but I don't think he's like a bad hang. Mm-hmm. Just curious. I just would feel uncool around him. Well, that goes without saying. Not because you're uncool, but he's just so cool. I mean, he's Leo. The one is he, he cool? would reference. Do I what? do I personally is he like Amanda's definition of cool? I mean, yeah, he is because he's in really good movies and spends a lot of time in the Mediterranean. But I don't know if I would think that his demeanor is like the coolest type of demeanor. I don't know. I've never met him. I'm having a hard time summoning the idea of a man who I think is like cool. I do think I have. <laughs> Jade is like cracking up at us. I do think that there are some men who are cool. I'm trying to, I can't think of any names right now either, (laughs) now that you mention it. Yeah, it's hard to think of because men are so. Yeah. Once they start talking, it's really tough. Yeah. Exactly. It's really tough. Uh, Oh, well. While you think about it, I just want to say the wedding they went to was in Sardinia. Great. Tom Brady and Serena and Venus Williams were also there. That's right. It was an art wedding. Sure. It was between an art world billionaire named Joe Namad and his now wife, Madison Hedrick. Congratulations to the happy couple. <laughs> He's very, very rich. Great. He's a billionaire. Okay. And I think he's like, he's in the like Miami, New York, Sardinia world. Apparently he owns Matisse and Monet works, which is like pretty incredible. And his family has the largest collection of Picassos outside of the Picasso estate. Oh, and I was reading about this. This this rings a bell now because they have like a tremendous, like uh, they basically have their own art world, like a, in Switzerland, like a tax-free room where they mm-hmm. keep all their art in Switzerland. This is like, this was something, God, what's the name? It was his in Tenet. Did you see Tenet, Juliet? No, the film by Christopher I wish Nolan? I, no, I, I should have. I like Christopher One Nolan. One of the set pieces is in like a, like a art warehouse where as long as it doesn't leave like the airport or something, then the, they don't have to pay customs and tax on the, on these investments. And so these like, almost like freehold places exist throughout the world 
in sort of like tax-free zones. And it's how mm. billionaires like Jeff Bezos move a lot of money. And right. it sounded like this family basically is running their own like tax shelter room yeah. in Switzerland. They've had some issues with the law. That's you, you, you could you could look it up. But also it's funny, it's like it's 50 years since Picasso's death. So there's sort of like this worldwide Picasso exhibition movement happening right, right now. Like, mm-hmm. and so I wonder if they're like loaning out their Picassos or not. I, I don't know. I hope they are. It's like, why should you hoard those? Anyway, sounds like it was a fun wedding. And yeah, it's like a great dating time. A 28 year old. She's 28. You know, 22? I think the, oh. I think she's 22. She's 22. Wow. Okay. Once again, should we use the word dating? We don't know. He's associating. It's a great question. With this woman who's 22. She's a model. Whatever. Sounds great. like she's having a good summer. <laughs> <laughs> More European news. This past weekend was the Spanish GP at the circuit in Barcelona. Barcelona. It's called the Catalonia circuit. That's why I said that. Lewis Hamilton came in second. Some major upgrades from Mercedes. Love to see it. Still 20 seconds behind the odious Max. But can what we can you do? Can clarify to everyone listening that you're talking about the world of auto racing? Sorry. Yes, Formula <laughs> One. Okay. <laughs> and in at, at the race was Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, and Shakira. This is her second GP. She was at Miami where she was photographed with Tom Cruise. But also now, near Lewis Hamilton. Also and now, near Lewis Hamilton. And now she was also once again photographed near Lewis Hamilton. And I think that Shakira is working very hard to ruin Gerard Piquet's life by <laughs> releasing a song about him, laying claim to the country of Spain. This Colombian woman is like, here I am with a Spanish GP, even though her her ex is actually Spanish. And like, it was like a footballer, a Spanish footballer event. And I just don't think Lewis Hamilton plays these games. So I don't believe it. Or does he? I, so what I want to say is that Shakira's publicist continues to be the hardest working publicist in the game. But Lewis Hamilton's might be up there, you know? And that's all I have to say. You know, it's easier with Formula One because they get so much attention and you know where they're going to be for like half the weekends of the year. So I feel like his his publicist has less work to do. Okay. But I feel like when Lewis is actually in a relationship, he keeps it pretty quiet until he's ready to go public, like when he dated Nicole Scherzinger. And I don't know. I just don't believe it. Okay. But, uh, I don't believe it either, but I commend all of the hardworking individuals <laughs> in the press and celebrity service base who come together every week to get to give the world content. Listen, She Wolf is a great song. I think I'll listen to it after this podcast. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite Shakira song. <laughs> Lastly, eh, we were going to talk about Natalie Portman and her ballet husband, but... I feel this has been a rollicking podcast. I don't want to bring us down. Let's just say we wish, I wish her well. I I wish him well. Well, I wish her the best. You just, as no, come on. Now we got to, you shared with me some information (laughs) that, well, you didn't feel that this was new. No. So they, they had a very rocky 2022. Apparently they separated, but they were going to fight through it. And then his, uh, allegedly his affair has rocked them again lately. Okay. But, but I just, again, I was curious about why this came out because I don't know, like, they're not, I, I don't think he's being followed by press very frequently. Right. She, so she had a film at Cannes May, December that was like something of a, 
a thing and she was one of like the big splashy can arrivals. I thought her airport look was great, by the way. And that movie is going to be in the Oscar race. So sometimes I wonder whether they try to get things out ahead of before it before she tries to, you know, and, and it, that may not be the case. It might just be that people were paying attention to Natalie Portman recently because she has this film. And so, no, I, I think that makes a lot more sense because first of all, here's all the information we have. Yeah. It's his fault. Mm-hmm. They tried hard to w- fight through it, yeah. but it remained his fault. Sure. And the other main thing I know about Natalie Portman is she's taken a real shine to the international game of football. She is one of the like co-owners of L- of the um, Angel City Sorry. FC. I was trying to <laughs> the international game of football. Okay, so the football you play with your feet. Yes, the, fo- the fo- footy. And part of her current press tour um, amidst this news cycle about her marriage, she was seen solo at a PSG match over the weekend where they lost. And so oh. she's just like really identifying herself as like a soccer fan and soccer owner. You may know it's the international game of football. And, <laughs> and I just feel like there's a lot of, I think that now that I know that she, that everything you just said really shined a lot of light on this. I feel like she, the reason we're talking about it is because she's working on a award season campaign. I think so. We're, we're starting it anyway. Aware that it might be coming. Interesting. Love it. This is great. Yeah. There and she, of course, has to separate herself, not in terms of her marriage, but last time around, he was focal point of her campaign because it was for Black Swan. And that's, which that's he, how they met. Which he choreographed, he like, yeah. Yeah. Hate that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't like Darren Aronofsky movies very much, though, so. I recall laughing a lot at it, and I was like, is this supposed to be serious? <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, Natalie Portman, I actually do wish her the best. I, yeah. I, I like her, always have. Who doesn't like Natalie Portman? Very good in her films. Yeah, she seems great. All right, everyone. I hope you spend the rest of your week thinking about your complicated feelings about Taylor Swift. We certainly will. Thanks to Jade for producing this podcast and laughing at our jokes and for bearing with us. Final note, Amanda, have you thought of a cool man? Oh, shit. I, well, I, we were talking about <laughs> other things now. No, that's my homework for this week. Next week, a segment on fun. cool men. Yeah. Let's each come with our top five cool famous men. Okay. I love it. That's going to be really hard. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.